Florida laws change to arm swap medics, and Ohio City approves tactical firearms. Does this signify the locking and loading of guns for all? Let's have that discussion. I'm Rob Lawrence, and this is EMS One Stop. Back in 2012, having only been a US permanent resident for a couple of years, I wrote one of my regular Letters from America for the UK's Ambulance Life newspaper. The title of that piece was Guns on the Truck. The article was born out of changes in Virginia's EMS regulations that removed the prohibition of firearm carriage by EMS employees on duty. The blanket ban was lifted by the state, transferring the onus to individual agencies and squads to rule on open carry, concealed carry, or no carry within their organisations. At the time, I argued that armed individuals may also develop a false sense of bravado that may place them even further in harm's way in the patient's home or the close confines of the ambulance. I also contended that as we work hand-in-glove with our police partners, a protective ring exists around us when lethal use of defensive force would be warranted. That was then. This is now. The arming of medics has once again become a headline. In the city of Green, Ohio, following a change in state law, tactical paramedics are now permitted to carry handguns when called out to assist the sheriff's SWAT team. This move was reviewed by Green's city council, who gave tactical paramedics unanimous approval to be armed. This only came after residents were assured that weapons wouldn't be present during non-SWAT incidents at homes or businesses. In Florida, legislative changes signed into law by Governor Ron DeSantis in July 2019 gave sheriffs and police chiefs authority to equip medical personnel with weapons when they respond with SWAT teams to high-risk encounters. The impetus came from the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School Public Safety Commission recommendations that SWAT medics carry weapons. Again, the Florida changes do not cover the carriage of weapons for routine calls. So, the call to arms is not for a wholesale issuing of weapons for street medics, but for special-purpose teams operating in close proximity with law enforcement agencies. It is still not a done deal in areas where legislation has changed, however, as some agencies are not allowing directly employed staff to bear arms even on SWAT teams due to liability issues. By way of example, Patient Care Logistics Solutions, the parent company of Sunstar Paramedics, which provides ambulance services across much of Pinellas County, Florida, declined to let medics carry weapons, although they have worked and trained on the SWAT team for years. The way around this has been that agencies such as the Tampa Bay Police Department and Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office put SWAT medics through a reserve officer or deputy training program, which then allows them to carry weapons. Having seen all that in the news releases and having constructed this article for EMS One Stop, is anything new? Equipping, arming and tactically training SWAT and Thames medics has been going on above or below the radar for many years. So, should we have a serious discussion to arm everyone? So at this point, I don't want to spark a Piers Morgan type argument versus an amendment right, but I want to talk safety and sense. My take still reflects my 2012 view in that the provider in the back of a truck is too close 
to an unrestrained subject for comfort. It could well be that your Glock is closer to their hand than it is to yours. So, to get a second opinion, I spoke to Dr. Alex Eastman, a trauma surgeon in Dallas, Texas. Importantly, Dr. Eastman is also a Dallas Police Department sworn lieutenant, the lead medical officer for Dallas SWAT, and their chief medical officer. Dr. Eastman, a veteran of many SWAT operations and also the aftermath in the operating room, is very clear. He told me, if you're a medic on a SWAT team and operating with a tactical team in a large chaotic environment with a limited number of operators where you might lose your cover, I might see the rationale. But other than that, I don't see it. His words, I'm not a cop, but I am an old soldier with over 20 years of active duty service behind me. And I know that to carry and if necessary, use firearms requires training, more training, more training and certification. It's a view that Eastman notes with passion, as he said. Again, his words, part of the larger American gun fallacy that just having a weapon makes you a gunfighter is not the case. It takes an incredible amount of training and practice to be an effective tactical asset in a gunfight. Alex Eastman agrees that rolling armed medics out to everyone is probably a step too far. He also told me that we are setting people up for a really bad outcome when we put people in the wrong bucket. And I agree. In summary, I firmly believe that to tidy up legislation to allow the arming, training, tactics, techniques, procedures and employment of tactical medics to include coverage in the event of a line of duty death is no bad thing. Despite the EMS1 reader poll on this subject, and if you haven't taken it, please uh, visit ems1.com and take that poll on arming medics, uh, which is swinging towards the direction of guns for all, I believe the debate on wider deployment of sidearms close to those we treat needs to be holstered. You can follow me on Twitter at UKRobL or you can find me on LinkedIn. That was my take. I'd love to hear yours in the comment section of the main article at ems1.com. So thank you for listening. I've been Rob Lawrence, and until next time, bye for now.